Welcome to Reawakening Love and Power with Carol Ann. This episode, I'm having a conversation with my friend Ellen May about life seasons and cycles, how to recognize them and how to navigate them for more ease and richness. We both live in Australia, where the weather is transitioning into autumn and the descent into winter. But we also talk about how autumn and winter apply to societal changes we're experiencing right now with isolation measures and staying at home. Our conversation includes seasons and cycles as a framework for understanding energy and life, the relevance of seasons to life experiences, menstrual cycles, healing and growth, what nature shows us about seasons and cycles and how it reminds us that we are nature, how to recognize which season you're in and how you can get stuck in a particular season. How winter can be particularly challenging. How to recognize the value it offers and start to embrace it. And our personal struggles with trying to do surrender. Ellen May is an art therapist, a coach trained to work with sexuality, love, and relationships, and is trained in somatic experiencing. Recently, she asked Facebook for three words to describe her and the top result was overwhelmingly creative, closely followed by variations on kind, compassionate, gentle, and variations of magical, adventurous, and wise. She brings creativity, kindness, magic, and wisdom to everything she does in this grand adventure called life. She runs workshops and works one-on-one with clients, helping them to draw their own maps to have their dreams be made real in this world. She holds gentle, permissive, and highly trauma-aware space for seekers who know deep in their bones that there's more to life than what they're experiencing, and she helps them find it. She's on her own grand adventure to find out what it means to be human and how to have her life feel like a magical fairy tale of wonder and delight in the deep, dark woods. So Ellen, thank you for joining me for this conversation. I love the wisdom that you hold around seasons and cycles and the way that you approach them with so much wisdom of the body and the nervous system, as well as your kind of creative um, creative energy too. Mm. Thank you. It's really fun being here and I'm excited for this conversation. So I'd love to start just by talking about what do we mean when we're talking about seasons and cycles and what does that look like? Um, So what is that? How would you characterize seasons and cycles in the way that we're going to be talking about them? Yeah, for me, seasons and cycles are a really beautiful framework for understanding my own energy and the energy of life itself that um, it really brings a whole lot more permission and a whole lot more richness than the kind of very linear way of living that I was taught and ascribed to for years and years and years that often left me feeling tired or left me feeling like something was missing or left me feeling like I wasn't good enough or doing Mm. enough or could never Mm. do enough. Mm. 
And so to understand my life and my energy inside of a seasonal cycle where there's time for rest and there's time for growing and there's time for blossoming and doing all the things and then there's time to integrate and settle and come down and rest again Mm. was very life-changing. And so I've been exploring that framework in so many different aspects of life and looking at life as a whole and what's happening culturally in the world through this lens of seasons and cycles for a little while now and it's really um, bringing a lot of richness and a lot of permission to my own life and to a lot of people's lives that I teach this to and it's yeah that's kind of the the framework the way that I explore it yeah 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 I find when actually when you were saying about not doing enough I just felt like Oh, I know that one. And it was yeah. this kind of like, ah, oh, like I, um, I know the heaviness of that feeling mm. in my own body. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a constant scramble to yeah. me. I just have this, this picture in my mind of trying to scramble up this hill that I'm never going to get to the top of because there's mm. always more. Somebody keeps building the hill as I'm climbing it. And yeah. It's Whereas exhausting. That's so exhausting, so exhausting. (laughs) I was so tired. I used to really pride myself as somebody that could juggle 700 plates at once and keep them all spinning. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but now I look back and go, at what cost? Yeah. 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 So you're kind of pointing too towards the the benefits of um, living in a way that is in alignment with the cycles rather than trying to fight them. But it, um, it's not so exhausting. Like you can apply your energy where it really makes a difference and not and kind of save your energy where it's not so useful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's more element of, acting when it's time to act I think Mm. or using energy when it's time to use energy and then when it's not time not having to do which is really hard that's Mm. one of the challenges in for me anyway leaning into this more cyclical way of living is when it's time to not do there's a part of me that's deeply uncomfortable (laughs) with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's also a part of me that feels so good for having the rest for having the time to relax, to recharge, to rebuild the energy so that then when it's time to do again, it's available and I'm much more effective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anyone listening who's like really um, cares a lot about productivity, it is also that benefit of when, if you um, align yourself with the cycle, you're more productive when you need to be or when it, everything's kind of aligned in the direction of productivity. It feels really counterintuitive to begin with, particularly to somebody that was so committed to, I'm just going to have another coffee and I'm going to push through because I've got this <laughs> giant list and it's got to get done. And there's still part of me even now that's just like, no, 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 we can't rest. We can't go take yeah. a walk. We can't, have, yeah. we've got to do, do, do. And it's just like, 
if I go take the walk or take the rest or take the afternoon off tomorrow, I will come back and I will be a hundred times more productive than my yeah. tired self who's just drunk twenty hundred coffees and is yeah. just trying to go all night. So it's yeah, it's a it's a learning curve, but it's very worthwhile one to get on. Yeah, I find for me too that. Um, and I'm kind of looking out my window at the trees and the birds as I say this, but nature always reminds me that it, cycles are actually a natural thing. And um, because most of us live indoors, we, also, we forget sometimes that we actually are part of nature, that our bodies are nature, that our, um, we kind of evolved with nature. And so when the the weather goes through seasons and I can see when the, the kookaburras, the birds have their eggs and then they have their young and then the young grow up and fly away. And um, even for, for people who experience a menstrual cycle, there's that kind of physical reminder. Um, or if you are more inclined to look at the stars, you can see the moon goes through a cycle and so kind of the way that all of that reminds me that it's a natural thing helps me to kind of um, trust it a bit more I guess mm. yeah it's beautiful I really love the thought of just looking to nature it's like it's where we came from and mm. like you said we're part of it and so it makes a lot of sense to kind of align with that to live and to navigate our own energy cycles and we've built ourselves this really strange constructed reality where we're inside all of the time or a lot of the time most people some people and um it's like this yeah like i was saying at the beginning this linear sort of way of being and we've constructed this reality for ourselves where that's what's expected mm. and we haven't evolved to be mm. on all the time. We haven't mm. evolved to be or go all the time and we end up stressed and tired and sort of drifting and questioning meaning sometimes. And I've found coming back to looking at nature and looking at my own cycles and looking at my own energy levels even over a day or a month mm. or over my whole life, it's just, even as I'm saying that, I'm noticing my whole body settle. Just be like, oh, yeah, I've got so much permission to just be where I'm at. And if yeah. I'm tired, I have permission to rest. And if I'm feeling energized, I have permission to do all the things. And it's just such a more gentle way of living my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt my lower belly soften when you said that too. Mm. It's one of those places that I don't often realize that I'm kind of subtly holding it in until it lets go. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about um, how we can apply seasons and cycles to different areas of our lives and also characterize the different seasons so that we're not just thinking of them like wintertime is when it's cold outside, but what is, how do we recognize winter in another part of our life? Um, mm. So yeah. what, yeah, what part, 
what part of um, your life or your clients' lives like, do you really find it useful to apply that kind of lens of seasons and cycles? I would probably say all of my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of, it started for me with looking at probably my menstrual cycle in a seasonal framework and since then it's expanded out to pretty much all of my life. Mm -hmm. um, that was my doorway in. I'm very fascinated also with looking at the whole cycle of life, like from birth to death, this big giant cycle that I um, And if we start from sort of the beginning of life, looking at springtime and that kind of when we're born and we're growing and it's like the little seeds poking up and you can kind of look to nature for the qualities of what that cycle feels like in mm. life, whether it's um, a monthly cycle or a big giant cycle or even just the cycle of a day. There's that springtime energy which is kind of alive and it's growing and there's these little seeds poking up from the ground and there's just a lot of potential like we don't really know what's growing yet necessarily but mm -hmm. there's that kind of energy of something is gathering and energy is mm -hmm. gathering and mm -hmm. it's the potential to bloom into whatever it is we don't know yet particularly if we're looking at our creative projects or there's that lot of kind of juicy aliveness and it's starting to get a little bit warmer, like the energy is heating up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a really, I think our culture as well sort of idealizes that a lot. Yeah. The spring into summer. Um, and then thinking about summer energy just in terms of seasons, it's hot, it's things are blooming, there's like this kind of fullness that's um, coming into completion if we're creating something like if that's kind of the cycle of we've had this little germ of an idea in spring and it's blossomed into whatever it's going to be in summer um and then moving from there into autumn or fall where it gets cooler and we've got the theme now like the, the sense of possibility and potential has been realized and so now it's a time to traditionally harvest um and sort of have some gratitude, have some celebration, have a time of looking back at what we've created and being like, wow, this is what we did. These were the gifts. This is time to integrate. It's time to heal as well the things that maybe we didn't realise in this time to cycle around. Um, and then let that sort of go, let that dial come back down into winter, which is a time of hibernation. It's cold. It's dark in a lot of places in the world. Um, it's a really time of going inwards and surrendering and it's a time of death in our big giant cycle going around so and that scares a lot of people it's kind of letting go the shedding is coming in being quiet being still yeah the thing that I really love about winter is that while it looks like nothing is happening on the surface inside of this kind of nothingness there's a possibility for everything it's like mm. this kind of i love that feels really juicy to me inside of this deep surrender this deep stillness this deep rest where we're just resting in a state of nothing for a moment there's a possibility of everything like the seeds of the next summer are already inside of this mm -hmm. winter time mm 
just like in summer, the seeds of winter, like we've reached the fullness. So the only way we have to go from here is back down into emptiness. And mm-hmm. so it's really beautiful how each season kind of contains the seeds of all of the other ones mm-hmm. as we go around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. I love the way you describe that. I get kind of a sense of what's happening, what kind of happens in nature, like in weather patterns and, and plant growth, as well as the kind of um, building of energy rising through spring and reaching a peak in summer and then energy kind of descending down into the quietest point at winter. Mm. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about where it feels like we're at right now globally. So I know here you and I both live in Australia and weather-wise we're starting to transition into autumn. The weather's getting a little bit cooler and um, in other the, the northern hemisphere that would be transitioning into spring. But the it feels like the the weather here kind of matches more what's happening with the pandemic. Mm. Yeah, it's really it's been really interesting for me kind of looking at where we're at with the coronavirus and this pandemic that's spreading across the world in terms of a seasonal framework because it really feels like culturally we've been holding on to summer for so long. Like it's this kind of, it hasn't been maybe the truest summer because we haven't really, we're kind of hanging on to it. Like it's this state where we're getting, we've been trying to be stuck there in this endless summer that just goes and goes and goes, but it's not actually possible to really stay there forever. Um, And so we're dropping into autumn and being asked to let go and being asked to start to get quiet and to maybe look back and celebrate the things that we had in this fullness of summer and it's time to really rest, integrate, come close, come into ourselves um, and we're moving sort of from autumn into a winter state. And it's really interesting looking at how that's happening and sort of how I'm feeling in my own body about this and how the people that I'm talking to are feeling about this and experiences that they're having while having to come close to home and to stay in and to get quiet and to simplify because all of a sudden there's a lot less choices um, that we have available. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, it's, really fascinating because it's not something that I've ever experienced before in my life. It's a very new situation. And so it's so interesting looking at how that energy is dropping off and we're coming in, we're coming quiet and how do we manage that? How do we, who culturally hung on to summer for so long now deal with, we can't have that anymore. It's time to come into autumn. It's time to rest. It's time to become still. Hmm. And when you say that culturally we've hung on to summer, I get a sense of like always um, valuing lots of activity, lots of getting things done, lots of accomplishing things and um, lots of socializing. But what, what do you mean by that? Like what, what are the kind of 
symptoms of hanging on to summer for too long. Mm, there is definitely that sort of, like as you were talking, like getting a sense of summer is just like more and more and more and more and more and we're mm. trying to spread spread that more, like extend that more and more and more and more and more and it's not sustainable sort of longer term. Um, and getting stuck there, there's sort of, I think sort of culturally and also personally, when we get stuck in this kind of summer energy, there's it comes from a lot of fear, like we're hanging on to the bright, to the light, to the sun, to the mm -hmm. fullness, to the, the kind mm -hmm. of more going, doing, on and on and on, because there's that fear of stillness. There's a fear of maybe even finishing things, completion, mm -hmm. because we know that once we complete it, then it's time to come back down, to settle, to let that thing that we've completed out to have its own life, and then we need to come down into autumn and winter and be still again before mm -hmm. the next thing, and that's really scary for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, this sort of fear of death, fear of sickness, fear of all the things that winter represents. Um, and I've heard one of my teachers, he taught me a lot about seasonal cycles. It's kind of like we're at the party and the party's going, the party's over and we're still at the party, like trying to keep <laughs> going and it's just not, it kind of has that, that flavour of like we're still there trying to keep going but it's just there's that tiredness that, that kind of underlying like oh it's an effort yeah. to stay in summer yeah. it's an effort to kind of maintain this this bigness this energy this doing 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 mm. um we're grasping and hanging on to it rather than being like oh, okay the party's over it's time to go home and get some sleep now and then next mm. time the party happens we can go and be fresh and really mm -hmm. enjoy it um fully again yeah, and the um, social distancing and, and self-isolation things are forcing us to literally stay home and that kind of rules out a lot of the types of activities that we would normally go, in, go out and be doing. It's like kind mm. of forcing us into that autumn, that reckoning. And you mentioned before when you were describing the seasons that autumn is also a time of kind of healing or things kind of come to the surface that maybe hadn't been addressed that were, were kind of hiding under the surface mm. yeah yeah definitely it's sort of for me it often happens where I'll create something using like a creative cycle as an example and I'll create something or I'll make a piece of art or um and then finish it and put it out in the world and then there's sometimes like i can sort of celebrate wow this thing is done this is awesome this is how it's being received it's got its own life out in the world and people are responding to it and however they're responding to it and sometimes there's those little seeds of regret or there's those mm. seeds of like oh well i didn't explore that direction oh it would have been nice if that if it went that way or like yeah. oh i really wanted to you know, do this in this particular energetic phase and it didn't happen. Mm. So there's kind of those things that are there to be tended to. Um, mm. Yeah, and they can come up from past cycles too, just sort of thinking like a broader life cycle. 
through other times in my life life where there've been these regrets that I haven't really fully addressed. And so mm-hmm. they kind of snowball in a way or they compound. And so now it's like, oh, autumn's hard because I've got all of these other times where I didn't look at all of the things. Yeah. And yeah. they're still there waiting to be tended to. I'm not saying that I need to go through and tend to every single one of them individually, but just a willingness to be there and to look thing, yeah. um, is what we're being asked to do now mm-hmm. as we're need to stay home, need to socially distance. There's a lot of people that don't like can't do even the jobs that they were doing. Yeah, so yeah. that a lot of the doing has been taken away. Yeah. And it's also not um the slowing down, it's not all like cozying up on the couch for a nice cup of tea. Is it like some people really are um some people are losing their jobs. Some people are dying. Some people are um, having, being kind of in houses with the people that they live with or with their partners. Things are coming up in their relationships that maybe they hadn't been looking at before. So it is, there's real like, um, I don't want to romanticize it, I guess is Mm. what I'm saying that there's real like grit to it there is yeah there really really is there's a lot of um looking at it through a trauma lens like there's a lot of past traumas that come up mm-hmm. in the autumn winter i mean they're available all seasons around but this season in particular tends to be a time because we are slowing down and we are kind of coming into more stillness um it's interesting, my somatic experiencing practitioner that I see um, explained it to me in a way that made a lot of sense to me that a lot of people have kind of a lot of freeze in their system that mm-hmm. helps to contain some of these traumas and some of these things that we don't want to look at because they're too challenging or they're too scary or we don't have the space or the support to really go there. Um, and because of all of the external restrictions that are now around us with needing to stay home and having less to do out in the world, like there's less choices all of a sudden, those restrictions are something that part of our nervous system can kind of rest into and be like, oh, okay, so internally I've got a little bit more space because externally is holding that container. Mm-hmm. And then all of the things internally that uh, the freeze that was in our system is holding now have a little bit more room to move and a little bit more room to mobilize and it can be really uncomfortable mm, mm. i've noticed in, in my own experience there's a lot of sadness and i don't know where it's coming from and i'm just yeah. like wow i've just felt like so heavy and sad for days and she was explaining it to me in this framework of like well now all of the stuff that was being held under this layer of freeze in your body is mobilizing it's got a little bit more space to come up and be felt. Mm. And it's been really useful for me understanding it through that lens. It's sort of like, oh, okay. This is somatic memories of like embodied somatic memories of things that have happened in the past or like mm-hmm. things past stuff. It's not necessarily I mean, some of it is probably a response to what's happening in the world with sadness, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. all from right now and it's from events that have already passed and it just Mm -hmm. wants some space and time to be held to be looked at and it will move through me which Mm. 
helps me to feel like I'm bigger than it and I can contain it and mm-hmm. kind of meet what I'm experiencing with a little bit more compassion and a little bit more space yeah. rather than being overwhelmed of like, where is this sadness coming from? Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with it. There's something wrong with me for feeling this way. Yeah, like it's yeah. Sort of, yeah, it helps to hold it a little bit more. Yeah. And I really, um, it feels really good to me to hear that and to share that, that it's, it's, there's nothing wrong if sadness is coming up or grief is coming up or anger is coming up or frustration is coming up. There's nothing wrong. Um, it doesn't, and, it, and even if you don't understand where it's coming from, it's okay if those feelings are there. Mm. Yeah, really, really okay. It's really okay. And that's sort of, yeah, something I really like about seasons and cycles is there's space for all of this. It's sort of like they can come up in any season, but they have a time. They have mm. a space, they have a place to be felt, to be met, to be looked at, um, and to be moved through in a lot of ways. Mm. It's really um, very permissive way of living the more that I deepen into it the more that mm-hmm. I'm like wow there's so much space in here for me to feel all the feels mm-hmm. and I don't have to know where they're coming from but I can still yeah. meet them and I can still yeah feel them and heal my way through yeah and when you can recognize that this is autumn or this is winter um you also know it's not going to last forever yeah because the cycle is circular and it does keep moving even if um even if it lasts a little bit longer than you'd like (laughs) (laughs) yes that's making me laugh because i'm thinking about me being stuck in winter for years and years and years because i was resisting it and i didn't want (laughs) to be in it and I wasn't fully allowing myself to go there and to mm. really surrender and let go. And, you know, I had, it was kind of the person that would have surrender on a to-do list and be mm-hmm. like, okay, so I've surrendered now. What's next? Can I get into springtime? And Winter would be like, no, nah, surrender more. I'd be like, Seriously, <laughs> how much more? What else do I need to do? Um, it's funny hearing you say surrenders on your to-do list because, like, I mean, I probably never actually wrote, you know, today's to-do list, surrender, but it definitely had that mindset of like, okay, now I need to figure out how to surrender and do it. Do it. I actually, when I did my yoga teacher training in 2014, we had to write a a little paper and I wrote mine on, it was like a six step process to surrender because I was trying so hard to figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> six steps to surrendering and then your surrendering will be done and then you can go into spring. I was grappling so hard with it, um, which is kind of ironic because it, it's that like the grappling and the trying so hard that's kind of the uh, an opposite energy to what surrender really feels like. Mm. And it's also so. What maybe I'll ask you first? Like, what um, what has helped you 
to be able to surrender. And what do you mean by that? What does that actually look like? Mm. For me, just sort of using the, the context of getting through years of winter, um, it was when I stopped trying to get through it, like get through it, like mm. it was something that I had to endure to get mm -hmm. to the good stuff on the other side. Um, when I sort of let go of that need to be anywhere else and just like, oh, well, this is where I'm at and this is what my energy is doing right now and what do I need inside of where I'm at right now? And it really surprised me how slow I needed to go. Mm. Like, oh well if I really tune in all of this doing and pushing and trying to be somewhere else is not what I need right now surprisingly mm -hmm. um I needed a lot of slowness and I needed a lot of nourishing sort of self-care and a lot of I've been that person that drank 100 coffees and pushed on through for so long that it mm -hmm. took a long time to rest yeah um and to let it be this really sweet time of nurturing and kind of snuggling up and not doing so much. Like I was still getting things done in the world, but there wasn't that kind of internal push to do all the things and mm. to get to somewhere. I think it was a letting go of needing to be anywhere else than where I was yeah. and really looking at um what the gifts were inside of where I was yeah. instead of looking at what the gifts were that I wanted that were going to be on the other side of this annoying time that I was going <laughs> through. <laughs> and it's really, it's interesting because people tend to have like the flavour of one season, um, well, sometimes more, but like they kind of, they have a, a season that's kind of their underlying season of, they always have this kind of flavour of winter, even if they're in summer, or this flavour of spring, even if they're moving through winter. Mm. And I think for me, my season is winter mm. anyway. And so it's been really interesting being like, well, how do I really embrace that and live from that place and honour that in a way that I can then move into the rest of the season? Yeah. Yeah. What do you love about winter? I'm learning to love the slowness, actually. Like it's sort of just that this, it's spacious. There's yeah. so much space here. And I think the other thing that I'm really fascinated by at the moment, which is why I'm so fascinated by looking at where we're at culturally through the seasonal lens is this feeling of possibility. Like mm. when we're in this state of deep rest, and we're not doing anything and we've come to this kind of still point of surrender, anything is possible. Like mm. we're, if we're not doing anything, then everything is available. Like mm. there's this kind of beautiful two sides of we're in a state of nothing, so therefore everything is available. And mm. I love that. Like that, just sitting, even saying that, my whole body is like, oh, this is really exciting. What's yeah. going to happen next? What can we create from this big space of nothingness? Like it's... Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably my favourite, my favourite, most exciting thing about winter at the moment that I'm really exploring and having fun with. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm curious about you. What do you reckon would be your sort of season if you had to? What's your oh. felt sense of the season? I don't know. I 
it might even um it might even be autumn because I feel like I I have this real inclination to always be kind of reviewing things and mm. um, you know reflecting on what's happened and what am I learning and where is the healing in this mm. but in terms of um that's that's like the kind of answer energetically yeah. but I also grew up in Hawaii so I have very little tolerance for temperatures that <laughs> go below like mm, 25 Celsius or I'm not sure what the exact conversion is, but like anything below mm. like the mid seventies in Fahrenheit, I'm like, this is cold. I'm right there with you. Ironically, <laughs> I hate the gold. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. If I could move to the equator one day, I might. No, I probably will. Yeah. Yeah, if my mom listens to this, she'll be like, shouldn't have left Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I really, like, physically struggle with the cold. Mm. But um, I was thinking of it as you were describing your own relationship with winter. Um, for me, the kind of biggest, most recent example is going through the period with my sex, love and relationship training and doing all of these practices that were opening up um, new experiences of pleasure as well as bringing up shame and just working through stuff on so many levels. And I eventually hit a point where there were a number of months, probably closer to a year, where like I just could not bring myself to do more practices. Mm. I I couldn't really engage with the material. I was just in my body was just like tired. Mm. I just needed that kind of space and quiet. And I was kind of beating myself up for it at the time. Like you need to get this done. You need to get that done. You need to keep going and, and tick off the practices, tick off the requirements and um, be learning more and taking in more and building your business. And my body was just like, this, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. And I felt like I'm not that, that feeling. I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I'm what's wrong with me that I'm being so lazy. Mm, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I feel the heaviness kind of come back as I say that. Ugh. But as it kind of went on, I started to kind of recognize that I was in more of a winter time and let it be okay that not a lot was happening on the outside. I'm also going like, you know, take a minute just to recognize what you've just done, what you've just, the, the big kind of growth spurt that's just happened and everything you've taken on and tried to, um, how much you've learned and embodied, that's, that's enough for now. <laughs> but 
there's always going to be more, but like, um, when I started to make the, the connection between feeling tired, not being able to do practices or focus on learning more, to connect that with being in winter and integration time, then I was like, oh, okay. It's, I still struggled with it and resisted it and wanted it to be different. But there was a, a, another layer of being like, okay, I can kind of take the pressure off myself for a little while. Mm. And um, like, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say that I 100% trusted that the springtime would come. <laughs> but there was, you know, there was enough of me that was like, I think that I can think that I can trust this and really just let myself have more space, have permission to go slow. And it also helped to talk to other people who were experiencing similar things. You feel like I'm not the only one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So much, so much goodness in everything that you just shared. Like I really loved how, like your mind was like, no, we need to tick off the boxes. There's more practices. We've got to do the things. <laughs> yeah. And your body was like, nah. And I think that's a really, really important point to make that it's like our bodies are the bit that's nature. Like our bodies yeah. are sort of very aligned with the seasonal cycles and with that mm -hmm. season of like that um, cycle of energy doing, coming down, resting, and tuning into feeling tired and just being like no that's enough for now um it's a really beautiful way to understand where you're at and what you might need next mm. um and i also loved that when you were saying like there's nothing happening on the surface yeah and there's so much happening underneath yeah like that's something that I really like about winter as well. Is that there has not been anything happening on the surface, but underneath there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's important to validate that because culturally, if there's nothing going on in this on the surface, then mm. there's no value to that. There's no worth to that. If you can't see anything that's happening, well, then whatever. Like, what's the? But there's so much. It's really needed to have that time to have nothing going on on the surface for a little while yeah. because there's heaps going on underneath that's integrating and settling in. And yeah, I think it's really, really important. Yeah. And I find that, like, having that intellectual understanding helps, but it's not, it's actually like living through multiple cycles and recognizing the patterns that actually helps me to trust the cycle from more than just like willing myself to trust it. Yeah. Yeah. Like having come out the other side and feeling the way that the work is integrated in me and I can kind of, Um, just kind of things that that were more in my mind conceptually have now anchored themselves more deeply in my body mm. it's not necessarily new but it's just 
it's more integrated like it's more part of my my real experience in my body and then i can go oh okay so all that time resting and doing nothing did do something because now i have this yeah and then next time so i have lots of little mini cycles as mm. well of, on, on the order of well there's the menstrual cycle as well and um, personal growth cycles on the order of more like months rather than a year but it helps me to get to, to trust that i know what this time is for i know that what's coming on the other side is that this wisdom will feel more deeply embodied and that the energy will start to build naturally rather than me trying to make it mm. yeah i love that you say that is that something that's been my experience over the past sort of year or so that i've been slowly coming out of this winter that's been going on for years and years and i've been trying to claw my way out and sort of <laughs> force the action and sort of um not really rest and go all the way through in a surrendered state which i you know there are things i definitely could have done better with that but i think i kind of did all right all things mm. considering and what i'm finding on the other side is that springtime is just happening by itself and i'm like oh, I didn't have to do anything to make <laughs> this happen. All I needed to do was just be where I was and let my body and my brain have the rest that it needed. Yeah. And now I'm coming into this really epic springtime where I'm so inspired and I'm having all these ideas and this mm. energy is just bubbling up by itself. And mm. things are, mm. there's a real sense of ease with it, mm. which is really cool. Mm. And so there's part of me that feels a little bit, um, I don't know, like it cheated itself with that's coming to mind. <laughs> the bit of me that just wants to effort all the time and like has to micromanage my whole experience. To, <laughs> you tick surrender off the to-do list of winter. Um, yeah. It's just like, what? You mean I just didn't have to, uh, I didn't have to do any of that and I could have just done nothing and this would have happened by, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the way the world works. <laughs> And so it's really funny to have the rest of you go, oh, actually, maybe it is the way the world works and there's less need for so much efforting and it's just really tuning into what my body and what the seasons, what nature is telling me, <laughs> yeah. allowing space for that and then it's going to happen naturally because it's a natural cycle. Yeah, yeah. And as we talk about this, it strikes me that we're talking about how natural it is and our bodies are nature but we're also talking about how hard it is and how unnatural it feels to try to um, live in alignment with that. And I think that really points to how our dominant culture is just out of sync with nature. Mm. Yeah, it's a really hard thing to trust when we haven't grown up learning to trust it. Mm -hmm. it's sort of, yeah. I'm quite, I love what you're saying about there's that deepening trust the more cycles that you mm -hmm. go through that, mm -hmm. oh, there will be a spring on the other side of this. Like, it will happen naturally. There's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a thing we need to learn, relearn, relearn to trust. Yeah. Mm. And paying, I think paying attention to my menstrual cycle also has really helped to 
develop that trust because it's a pretty, um, you know, it happens about every month or so over and over in a fairly obvious pattern. And so as I watch the way that my energy goes over that month, over and over, it does build that trust that this is the time that the energy decreases. And then this is the time that the energy increases. And it just keeps happening that way. And I know that not everyone experiences um, a menstrual cycle. Not everyone necessarily experiences a, a regular menstrual cycle. But um, that is something that's helped me a lot. How about you? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm laughing because when I before I started paying attention to energy cycles throughout the month, my story was like, oh, my energy's pretty flat the whole month. Like, I didn't really have like bits where it's higher or lower. It's kind of the same. And then I started actually tracking it. I was like, oh, all right, never mind. <laughs> there are very marked times where it's easier for me to do all the things and there are times where there's times in the month where it's just I need to organise and sort out and have in order and then there are times where I just don't want to do anything and it's really been so beautiful to learn that about myself and to start to pay attention to what does my body need in each of these parts of the cycle and how can I sort my life out so that I can give myself more of this when I need it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like maybe if on day one I what I really need is to just lie in bed and do nothing all day. It's like, well, if yeah. I can't do that, how can I even give myself 1% of that? Yeah. And even that feels so nourishing because it shows, like it just lets me trust that I'm listening. My body trusts that I'm listening and even yeah. if there are still things that I need to do, I'm attuned enough to be like, oh, well, I know you need rest, so what's even if I can give you 1% of rest? Mm -hmm. like if your ideal is to be on a tropical island somewhere with a pineapple in a hammock and just <laughs> not have to talk to anybody for a couple of days, if that's, the, if that's 100%, what can I give you that's like 1%? Yeah. And maybe it's to spend an hour on the couch just like eating a piece of pineapple or I don't know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking yeah. at a picture of a tropical island. Um, whatever's the 1% just helps to settle that need for mm. deep rest or that need for whatever. Um, yeah, it's been a really beautiful way as well for me to learn to trust myself and to learn to trust the energy cycles. And yeah. yeah, it's been really, really lovely. Yeah, yeah. And day one being the, the first day of your period, so that would be kind of the start of winter time, right? Mm. Yeah. And your, your actual period being winter time, and then as you start to come out of your period, you start to head into springtime where the energy is building up towards ovulation, the time around ovulation being summertime and peak energy, and then after ovulation, starting to, the energy starts to decrease, and that's the kind of, um, that's the luteal phase where the energy starts to descend through the premenstrual days back towards the period. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's so helpful to to recognize that. I don't feel I pay attention to what the moon is doing, but I feel like where I'm at in my cycle has a stronger effect on me than where the moon is at. But if if someone wanted to kind of experiment a bit and didn't have a regular menstrual cycle, the moon cycle might be something to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same at the moment. It's like my menstrual cycle very much dictates where I'm at energetically. The moon kind of less so, although I've always been fascinated by the moon. Yeah. Even as a kid, I remember if we were ever driving anywhere at night time and I could see it and it was like an owl, like my head always swiveled to like where's the moon as we turned yeah. all the corners, like I have to be looking at it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fascination with it. Mm. I did that yesterday actually. My my partner and I went on a walk in the national park yesterday afternoon and the moon came up um even it was like a, the moon against a blue sky in the late mm. afternoon and i just kept turning around to look at it and like take photos of it and like go oh what does the moon look like between the branches of the banks to your trees and it's just something yeah there's something really that really draws me Mm. And it's that kind of constant reminder that things are always shifting and changing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's that reminder of like, it's always going to come around and be full again. And yeah. Yeah. It'll come to a time where it's dark and it'll come to a time where it's light. And it's just sort of, yeah. It's a really, um, not sure what I was going to say with that. I'm fascinated as well by the times in between, like when it's half, exactly half light and half dark. Like mm-hmm. Those feel like special times to me in my life. I've kind of got this meaning for myself that it's, it's halfway between light and dark, so there's magic that happens in between. In those yeah. Times. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like having those kind of touch points in in nature that, connect you to different beliefs that you can have i guess or different experiences of energy that you can have seeing those two together and i when i actually that makes me think of with the light and the dark together the way that you can experience both um, pleasure and discomfort at the same time Mm. or joy and sadness at the same time Mm. Oh, I have a big smile on my face. It's um, me too. <laughs> it just feels really comforting to reflect on the seasonal nature of things and how every season has its time, and it's not necessarily a set amount of time. Um, in in terms of our lives but it does keep going Mm. yeah i feel that same sense of comfort it's like oh this is where i'm at right now it's a kind of an invitation into presence for me as well Mm. now that i'm learning to trust more that the next season is coming i can stop looking ahead and kind of grasping for that so much and just be in the season that I'm at with greater yeah. presence and really appreciate 
the space that I'm in and the energy that I have and what's going on right now, knowing that the next thing will come. It's just, yeah, whereas in a linear sort of way of experiencing life, I felt responsible for making the next thing come. So there's yeah, always yeah. that stress of like I need to be doing and being more than I am to make that happen. Whereas mm. now I'm like, oh, I can just do and be where I am and what I need to do and the next mm. thing will come of its own accord, which feels mm. so much better. Yeah. It frees up so much energy. <laughs> it does. Who would have thought that just being in the cycle that you're at and really being attuned to your own seasons would let you have more energy? So if there was one or two things that you'd love for people to really remember from this conversation, what would that be? Hmm. The very first word that jumped to mind was permission. And mm. yeah, so I think that's number one, just really permission to be fully wherever you are in your own energy cycle at any moment in time. And the invitation to trust that the next cycle, like the next phase of the cycle will come. Mm. There's nothing that you really need to do to make it come except be where you are, mm. which feels deeply relaxing to me as I'm even saying that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and to treat it like an adventure whether you're new to it or whether you've been doing it for a while it just feels like such a good exploration such a good adventure to me deepening into like, well I'm in the beginning of this sort of spring time personally in my life right now how can I explore that more rather than going, when do I get to summer? I was like, mm -hmm. what's available to me here right now? It just feels like this awesome adventure. So, yeah, maybe mm -hmm. that's a frame to look at it in if you're feeling curious about exploring this in your own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Adventure. Mm -hmm. What would I like people to take away? I think maybe permission for it to take time to build trust and comfort with the process of aligning yourself to the seasons. Like it does take time and evidence in your own life to build that trust. So it's okay if you're listening to this and it takes time and it takes practice before it feels really real and embodied for you. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Couldn't you it to take time? Yeah. That's one of the gifts of winter too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Permission is to take time. Mm. Oh, Elvin, I'd love for you to share a bit about where people can find you and what you're offering. Mm. People can find me in my new Facebook group, mostly at the moment. And it's called The Grand Adventure because that's what I'm inviting you on, Grand Adventure. Um, and it's a place for more conversations like this. It's a place for um, practices to explore. It's a place 
for conversation, for community. Um, and inside of that Facebook group on the 18th um, of April, there will be a workshop kind of event called Embodied Seasonal Alchemy at 10 o'clock on the 18th join me where we'll be looking at some of this stuff the seasonal cycles in a little bit more detail and sharing how you can start to map the seasons in your own life and there'll be some tools and practices for you to explore to really get started with how to apply this to your life and to really um, start to experience some of the gifts of living in a seasonal cycle rather than living in a linear model that's sort of going all the time. So that's on Saturday, the 18th of April, and that's 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. So that's actually Friday afternoon and evening in the U.S., yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And do you work with people one-on-one? I do, I do. Um, we do all kinds of fun things. It is an adventure working with me one-on-one. <laughs> um, I've trained in art therapy as well as a coaching modality and um, very well trained in working with trauma. So we use a lot of creative process, a lot of kind of really interesting and fun ways of exploring whatever it is that's stopping you from getting wherever you want to go. Really. Um, most of my clients are on their own grand adventure to whatever it is that their hearts desire. Um, whether that's to feel happier, whether that's to have a business they love, whether that's to have a relationship that they love, whether it's just that they're feeling like I was a long time ago, that there has to be more to it than this. Mm. Um, and I'm stuck in this linear kind of go thing and I'm doing all the things that I thought I was supposed to do and I'm not <laughs> happy. <laughs> so I'm seeking something. <laughs> what is it? Um, <laughs> Yeah, come on an adventure and let's explore and find out. <laughs> it will be surprising and unexpected and very, very magical. And very well held and guided. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Ellen, for having that conversation with me. I feel, um, I feel like reminded of the the wisdom of autumn and winter time, especially as we head into that like weather season in Australia, as well as kind of the cultural season. Reminded of the permission to slow down and not have to do as much and for it to be okay like that. Mm. Yeah, thank you as well. It's been really fun sharing this conversation with you and going deeper into some of these things. And I think the thing that I'm leaving with is um, sparked by you saying that we can feel discomfort and pleasure at the same time, and it's kind of we can feel more than one season at one time as well i'm just noticing my own experience like i'm personally coming into like a springtime energy and the world around me is going into an autumn winter energy and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be one or the other yeah like, there is space for both yeah mm. beautiful thank you thank you
Thank you for listening to Reawakening Love and Power with Carol Ann. I hope this conversation inspires you to move through life in a new way and be more gentle with yourself from understanding which season you're in. You can find Ellen May in her Facebook group called The Grand Adventure, which is linked in the episode description. That's also where you can join her online Embodied Seasonal Alchemy Workshop, which is taking place on Saturday the 18th of April or Friday the 17th of April 2020, depending on your time zone and where you are in the world. If you're curious about going deeper with me through one-on-one coaching, you can book a free one-hour clarity call for us to explore what you want, what's getting in the way, and what it would look like for us to work together. You can find me at carolann.com.au and on Instagram as at carolannalive. Please subscribe and share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit from it.